to go to the book of Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 5. This Best Life Ever series has just been so fruitful and productive, and um, I really believe that God is wanting us to build on a firm foundation. I'm believing that God wants us to build on a rock that's solid. He wants us to build on Him. And so if you have your Bibles, take them to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. We talked about the best uh, foundation ever, the best plan. And then we talked about having a, a life of prayer and fasting to God. And then last week we talked about giving and the importance of having the, the budgeting for tithe and offering and budgeting for blessings to others. And this morning uh, we're going to talk about the next chapter in giving our lives to God and having the best life ever. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. Here we go. And when you pray, somebody say, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. So we talked about having the best plan ever. Then we talked about having the best diet ever, so to speak, question mark, having a life of fasting and surrender to God. Then we talked about having the best budget ever. Today, we're going to talk about the best chat ever. The best chat ever, how to pray and what prayer is to God. So let's do that real quick. Lord, we come before you. We ask God right now that you would teach us how to pray. That, Lord, you would teach us what it means to pray. That you would teach us the power of our prayer. That prayer would become something so real, so personal, and so evident in our lives. Now, right now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My rock and my redeemer, show yourself strong this morning. Continue to break through and do what only you can do. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. If you love him, what do you say? Amen and amen. The best chat ever. Prayer is often said in church services. It's often said in everyday life. It's often said before we, before we eat a meal together, let's pray. Let's tell you our bedtime prayers. Every, time, every day uh, when my kids are getting ready for school, right before they leave, I hug them and I put them in my lap in my big comfy chair. And a lot of you may have seen that picture this past week on Facebook. I put them in my big comfy chair and I hold them tight and I pray blessings over them. I pray protection over them. I pray God will give them a good day that they'll grow and hear his voice and be closer to him that day. And then every night before we go to sleep, we pray over our sleep. We pray, God, that you would give us sweet dreams, that God would protect us through the night, that God would, would speak to us in our sleep. And, and we just dedicate those times of our lives to prayer. And a lot of, all of you may do the same thing. You may pray to start your day, you may pray to close out your day. But I want to tell you that prayer is often said and often the word is used a lot. But can I tell you, a lot of people make prayer much more complicated than it should be. A lot of people take this word we call, that is prayer and they make it into almost this abstract thing or, or this ultra spiritual thing or this ultra holy thing. And can I tell you this morning, God never intended your prayer life to be a chore. God never intended your prayer life to be something you have to struggle to do. 
God never intended for your prayer life to be something that you had to carve out time to make sure you get that done or else at the end of the day, God's going to go, where were you? Like a father waiting on their daughter to get home on the curfew time. That is not God's intention for prayer. God never, ever intended for prayer to be like that. So let me talk to you this morning, and let me say the first thing. On the back of your bulletin, you'll have a chance to take notes here and write this stuff down. The first thing I want to talk to you about today is prayer is a personal conversation. Prayer is a personal conversation. Now, this might seem so, uh, this might seem so simple to hear, but I want you to hear the power of that. Prayer is a personal conversation. So notice I didn't say the words that prayer is a, is a declaration. Can you declare things in your prayer life? Absolutely, absolutely you can. But prayer is not, a, a, is not designed to be something that you shout from the rooftops. Matter of fact, we just read that right here in, in the passage where Jesus said in Matthew 6 to verse 5. He said, and when you pray, make sure that you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and pray on the street corners that they may be seen by others. So prayer was not something God created for us to, to proclaim to the world we're praying. And I can tell you, growing up in the church, a lot of times I got intimidated by hearing men and women of God pray. And they weren't doing it to be intimidating, but you could just tell they know how to pray. And Lord, I don't know if I'll ever be able to pray like that. I can remember hearing, I can remember thinking about one of my uh, heroes in the faith. He would, um, he would pray in such a way that it literally made me laugh under my breath as he was praying. Some of you may know somebody like this. I'll never, I'll never forget this. He had this habitual way of praying where he felt to say God's name repeatedly made his prayer powerful. And so here's how he would pray. Lord God, I ask God right now, God, that you, God, in this place, God, would move, God, by the power of your spirit, God. Please, God, would you? And finally, after about six or seven of those, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, he knows my name, doesn't he? Because it was, and I love it when the Holy Spirit jokes with me like that, but it, it was a habit. He had developed this way. He wanted to be authoritative and he wanted to proclaim God's name in his prayers. But the, but the thing the Lord began to show me was that's how he prays, but you don't have to pray like that. You don't have to be like him. You can develop your own personal conversation with me. Jesus goes on to say in the next verse, in, chapter, in verse 6, but when you pray... Go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. So what is that saying to us, church? Our prayer life is personal. Our prayer life is personal. There are things that God will say to me that God will never say to any of you because they're for me. There are things that God will say to you that he will never say to anybody else because they're for you. Because to him, it's personal. The same business, it's personal. In the same way, your prayer life with God should be personal. It should be treasured. The most precious thing physically that I own is on my left hand. This, when I look at this, this is more than silver wrapped around my finger. This means something to me. This is personal. 
I will barter every physical possession I have. You are not getting this from me. Because this represents something greater than a car does. Or a pool table. Or a PlayStation. Or my, or the, my finest shirt in my closet. Or my sport coat. Anything I love in my life. Nothing ever will I hold on to more than this. Because this is personal to me. Can I challenge you this morning in the same way your prayer life needs to be held as sacred and personal to God. It has to be held in that same place. That God, when I come before you in my closet, now at this moment, this time with me and you, this is personal. More than date time with my wife, more than fun time with my children. And I love those times. But I tell you what, when I'm in my car or I'm walking this floor on a Sunday morning before church or when I'm walking my room at home or I'm in the, or my office at the central campus, no matter where I am, there are those moments when all of a sudden, okay, God, you and me, this is personal. And no one else is going to hear this conversation but you and me. Not even my wife has access to that part of my heart because that part of my heart is only his. It's personal. A personal conversation between me and God. Next thing I want you to write down here is that prayer is a two-way conversation. Oh, boy. It's a two-way conversation. My, when my dad was teaching me physically about different ways of prayer, one of the things he would say to me is, Son, how many ears do you have? How many mouths do you have? For every word you speak, God gets two. For every minute you talk, God gets two. When you go into your prayer closet, he gets the final word. He gets the first word. He gets the last word. My prayer life with him is a two-way conversation. A lot of people get before God, they talk, they talk, they talk, they talk, they talk, they say amen, they get up, they walk, and God's there going. Men, if you did that in your marriage, how long would your wife stick around? If all you ever did was talk and you never gave her a chance to talk. Women, if all you ever did was talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and then leave the room and the husband's like... Not much of a relationship being built there because it's two-way communication. It's conversation. It's connecting. So every time I speak in my prayer closet with God, when I ask something or when I declare something or when I pray something, I try my best to leave space because God might want to answer me right then. I've learned God has three favorite words. Yes, no, and wait. I hate it because I'm so impatient. But sometimes that's one of God's words. Sometimes when you pray something, the Holy Spirit will immediately tell you something. And God the Father will immediately tell you something. And even Jesus will immediately tell you something. And can I tell you, you need to make sure you open the door in your prayer closet and leave room for God to speak. Because so many times you will be declaring and declaring and praying and praying and praying and and wanting this and wanting that and wanting this and wanting that. And Lord, I ask you for this and I ask you for that. And Lord, I declare this and Lord, I declare that. And then it's like we we shut off the microphone. We turn off the power system and we leave the church building in our prayer closet and God's sitting there going I want to answer you 
I want to tell you why, what you just prayed for. I want to give you wisdom and direction to act on what you just asked me for. But you're not letting him talk. And can I tell you right now, in the 21st century, in the year 2024, you know why God doesn't get much time to speak? It's because we listen to way too many other voices. We, we listen to Fox News more than we listen to God. We listen to our next door neighbor more than we listen to God. We listen to our spouse and our children and our boss and our co-workers and our friends. We run to the phone more than we run to the throne. God, if God is not the loudest voice in your life, your prayer life needs to have a, an upkick. You need to reevaluate it. You have to give God the ability to talk back to you and let this truly be a two-way conversation because when both parties are allowed to speak, connection is made. It would be the worst phone call ever to get a phone call from my wife and all she does is talk and talk and hangs up on me. What, what personally would that make me feel? But can I tell you this morning, think about how that would make you feel if the most important person in your life did that to you. Now think about how that makes God feel because he gave himself for you. And he gave himself for you, by the way, so you could have the chance to talk to him. And we get the chance to talk to him and then we never give him the honor of talking back. So I encourage you this morning, when you go into your prayer closet, make sure that God has two words for every one of yours. That for every request you make, for every, for every prayer that you pray, make sure you give God time in that moment to do what the Bible says in the Psalms, to be still and know that he's God. In those moments, quiet your heart, quiet your spirit. Just like Samuel, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. Amen? Next thing, you need to know this morning that not only is prayer a personal conversation and a two-way conversation, prayer is an intentional conversation, an intentional conversation. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. When you pray, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do. They think they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Because your father, what? Knows what you need. Even before you ask him. Empty words. Empty phrases. Intentional prayer. So many times we come before God and ask him for things that literally if God was real with us would go, you just wasted your breath. Because if we knew his word and had a relationship with him, we would know better than to ask those things. Can I tell you this morning, one of the most ridiculous prayers that a believer can pray, be with me, Lord. Because Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And Paul said, when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his dwelling within us. So when we pray, Lord, be with me, we are literally saying, God, would you do what you're already doing? Where's the faith in that? Now, I'm not saying that you may have a moment of, of insecurity or fear and you just need a quick reassurance. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is in your, in your confident prayer of knowing who God is, you pray something like that. What, what, what are you doing? You're giving God an empty phrase. Here's another, here's another uh, empty phrase that I hear quite often. Lord, if it be your will. 
Last time I checked, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I don't need to pray, Lord, if it be your will. When God has commanded me, you need to know my good, pleasing, and perfect will. Why do you need to know it? So that when you pray, you pray my will. Lord Jesus, he commanded us to pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thankfully, I'm not going to use that again today. It's not the first time I've done that. It's Pentecostal. I prayed for it. <laughs> but let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. How can I pray something like that unless I seek his will out and know what his will is? So I'm asking you this morning, let your prayer life be intentional. When you make, can, can, I, can I encourage you right now with something this morning? God cares more about what you say than how much you say. Let me say that again for those that didn't hear it and don't want to respond to that. God cares more about what you say than how much you say. You can, have an you can have an empowered, awesome time of prayer with God that's only five minutes long. You can have an awesome, powerful moment in prayer with God that's ten seconds long. You can say one thing to God and God breathe on that and change your day. How many, are with, how many know what I'm talking about? God cares more about what you say than how much you say. Now, if you get into a moment with God and all of a sudden you look at your clock and go, wow, I've been praying for an hour. Praise God. Time flies when you're having fun. But what I'm talking about is God doesn't care that you have to carve out, if I don't pray 30 minutes today, I'm going to lose my salvation. Find that in the book. You won't. But we believers sometimes make it all about quantity and God cares about quality. God cares about the moment with you. God cares about the conversation with you. We have to remember God's a person. He's not this force. He's not Star Wars. He's not, he's not an impersonal cloud hovering up there that occasionally shoots down a lightning bolt. He's a person. He has feelings. He has thoughts. He has desires. He's, when you have relationship with people on earth, the most sacred covenant bond between a husband and wife, that is the closest bond we have in this culture that resembles a relationship with God, is a loving relationship between a husband and a wife. But the relationship with God is supposed to be even deeper, more sacred, and more powerful, and more united than that. So think about right now, if, if, if within my marriage, if I say something to my wife with no intention... If I just tell her all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you, and have no backing to that, no, back, no, no support of that statement, she questions every day, I don't think he loves me, even though his lips are saying it. This is what Jesus meant when he said about the Pharisees, their lips may draw nigh to me, but their hearts are far from me. In the same way with God, I hear your words, but there's no intention. You say you love me, but there's no obedience. You say you trust me, but I see fear. You say you believe me, but I don't see faith. Your faith without works is dead. Where's the intention? Where's the truth behind it? If you say something, mean it. 
If you believe something, act like you believe it. People don't always mean what they say, but they always live what they believe. And I want to tell you right now this morning, this message has really done a number on me this week, praying and thinking about it. Matter of fact, I have not very many written notes off to the side of my, page, my pages because the, the power of the scripture was enough to convict me to the core that God, when I pray, let none of my prayer be empty. Let none of my prayer be habit. Let none of my prayer be, this is the way my dad prayed. Or this is the way my granddad prayed. Or Lord, when I had that awesome time with you six years ago, that's when I prayed this. That's like telling your wife, hey, honey, we're going to go back to that spot that we were at 15 years ago. Because you know why? If we go back to that exact spot and go back, and I know we've been through all this stuff, and all this stuff's been happening, and I haven't really been treating you that well for 10 years. But if we get back to this spot, everything will be okay again. No, it won't be. Because the power's not in the spot. The power's in the relationship. The power's not in the building. The power's in the relationship. The power's not in the speaker. The power's in the relationship. The power's not in the songs. The power's in the relationship. The powers of the, the power within your prayer is knowing who he is and therefore knowing who you are. And then once I know who I am because I know who he is, I can pray with intention because I know who I'm talking to. Are you with me this morning? Finally this morning, prayer is a non-stop conversation. It's a non-stop conversation. Pastor David, that is physically impossible. Are you saying the moment I wake up in the morning, I need to roll out of bed, get on my knees, start speaking in tongues, get up, get in the shower, keep praying, get out of the shower, get dressed, and then put on my makeup, do my hair, get, get my briefcase, and the whole time I'm talking, and by the time I get to work at, 10, at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm already hoarse because I've been talking the whole day. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, and I want you to see this visibly. If you have a cell phone, put it in your hand right now. I got three text messages. I will read you guys later. If you've got a cell phone, put it in your hand right now. This phone can get reception in certain places. In certain places, a phone call can come in and, and you can re register it and answer it. By the way, sometimes maybe some of you may have tried to call me and I didn't answer. I promise I'm not ignoring you. There's a place in my house, I don't know what room it is, that I don't get phone calls. And I'm still trying to figure out where that is. But every now and then I'll get in my car and I'll pull out the driveway and all of a sudden you've got three missed calls. And I'm like, oh boy, I hope everybody's okay. But the bottom line is, in that place within my house, the reception's not good. But that does not mean that this phone will not get a phone call. That just means in that moment, I'm not in a place to get a call. In the same way is true with God. At any point throughout the day, can God call you? And at any point throughout the day, you know God has perfect reception. You can call him. So what Paul is meaning when he says this scripture, Be joyful always, rejoice always, and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus what Paul is saying here is stay in a good place of reception with God. Keep your heart in a sensitive place where when God speaks, I know that voice. 
If right now, a hundred different people called me without even looking at the caller ID, I know that's Jessica. I know that voice. I know that's Lucy. I know that's Nate. I know that's Mark. In a crowded room screaming of a hundred kids, I can tell my kids. I know their voices. Why? Because I've built relationship with them. I know them. They know me. I know that voice. Can I ask you this morning, in a crowded room with all kinds of voices talking, with all kinds of conversations going, if all of a sudden in the middle of that room, if God called you, would you hear it? I want you to go talk to them and tell them that I heard their prayer. And I'm going to deliver them out of their circumstances. I know they're checking your groceries out right now. But smile at them and tell them that Jesus loves them. And he died for them. And wants them to know that there's a way for them out of their circumstances. He's not going to scream over your TV. He's not going to scream over your person you're talking to. He wants to know, if I ring your number, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Are you in a good place of reception? Because can I tell you right now this morning, of all the calls to see on my phone that's a missed call, when your wife calls you and you miss the call, you will hear about it later. How much more if I missed him? How much more if I missed him? Can I tell you this morning, Aubrey, would you come? I missed a call one day. I was at Walmart. My head was swirling with all kinds of things. I had my mind about, I forgot what it was or what even time, I think it was right before Christmas, but can I tell you, it convicted me so bad, I'll never forget this. The, the greeter at Walmart was sitting on a stool, her leg in a leg brace. She couldn't stand to greet, but she's still smiling and saying, welcome to Walmart, and I hope you have a good day. Can I see your receipt on the way out? All of that. But I walked in and saw her and noticed her and went about my shopping experience. During the checkout process, the Lord whispered to me, go pray for her. I missed the call. I didn't do it. I don't know what distracted me, or maybe just in that moment, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. She probably doesn't know who I am, or, you know, whatever. But I missed the call. I've been back to Walmart since then. I haven't seen her. Pastor David, she's probably fine. Yeah, she probably is. But I missed a call. And I'm never going to get that call again. In those moments, in those precious moments, the most important person in my life, or so I claim he is, tried to call me, and I didn't pick it up. But here's the thing I've noticed about God. He's always calling. He calls way more than you think he does. Just the, Here's the thing I've learned about him. He has a lot of ringtones. Sometimes the ringtone is fun. Sometimes it's simply, hey, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. 
Sometimes it's somber. Hey, don't talk like that. Don't say that again. They don't, they don't deserve that. And that doesn't sound like me. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's correctional. Hey, you are in no position to act like that. You're in no position to be like that. You are mine and my children reflect me. Sometimes it's joyful. Hey, victory's coming. You've been praying for this. It's the door's about to open. Be ready to receive what I have for you. But there's so many ringtones. So knowing him means knowing relationship and knowing that voice. And knowing that he has not changed. And the same way he called Abraham. And the same way he called Moses. And the same way he called Elisha. And the same way he called Peter. And the same way he called John. And the same way he called Paul. I am the Lord and I do not change. What makes us any worse or any better? The Lord wants the same with you. What did they have? If you read Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, the Bible, what we, a lot of people call it, all the names of God in Hebrews 11 that were living by faith and had victory in their hearts by faith, all these great men and women that had a walk with God that was deep and powerful. And when, we, when, when you hear the name David, when you hear the name Daniel, when you hear the name John, when you hear the name John the Baptist, when you hear the name Peter, when you hear the name Paul, when you hear the name Moses, when you hear the name Solomon, when you hear these great names, you're like, Oh, the names, the, 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 the walks, the, the authority, the power, the miracles. Wow. What made them different than us? You know what made them different? They had a deep relationship with God. And when God said something, they didn't miss the call. And when God said, do this, they obeyed. And when God said, say this, they said it. Their hearts were obedient. Their hearts were surrendered. And so when God rang their number, they didn't miss the call. Would you stand with me this morning? God's about to ring you right now. This is an altar call. And I want to ask you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to look inside your heart right now, and I want you to check your call history. I want you to check your text messages inside your heart. And I want you to evaluate yourself right now. God, do you and I have a healthy relationship when it comes to our prayers. When I look at my prayer life, God, is it intentional? Is it a two-way conversation? Is it personal to me, as personal as it is to you? God, is, is my prayer life truly nonstop where I don't wait till Sunday for you to talk to me? Where, God, you can talk to me anytime you want to. Is my prayer life, God, effective in my life? Or do I only pray when I really, really, really need you? Just take an assessment real quick. 
Where are you at with God? Maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're watching online and you're like, Pastor David, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I don't even have a relationship with God. That's the first prayer you need to pray. To make him Lord of your life. To where you can have all these things I'm talking about. You can have a God who talks back to you. You can have a God who hears you. Matter of fact, you're hearing him right now because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is drawing you to a place of repentance where you can hear his voice and be changed. And he said, if anyone become in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. If you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, or if you're watching online, if you've never given your heart to Jesus fully and you're all his and he's all yours, if you've never done that, would you just raise your hand so I know how to pray for you? Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Okay. I thank you, God. Those of you watching online, maybe you're lifting your hand. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray you would draw them to a place of repentance. You draw them to a place, God, of finding you where you are. Of Lord, bringing them to a place, God, where they can acknowledge you as the Lord and Savior of their life. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness and make us more like you from this day forward. We'll live for you. I pray someone there will be able to make that decision. And I cannot wait to hear the testimony. If you're online and you did that, would you please shoot me a message through the chat or the comments and let us reach out to you and help you follow and follow up with you because you've taken a very big step in your life and we want to be there for you. For all of you in the room now then, I'm not going to tell you in what way you need to come forward. I'm just going to simply ask you, if in the midst of your assessment, you looked and said, you know what? I need to make improvements. I don't need to miss as many calls. I need to mean more when I send God a text or when I give God a phone call. I need to make sure that my words are intentional, that my time with God is personal to me. I need to step up my relationship with him. I need my prayer life to truly be the best it's ever been. If that's you this morning, if you're with me, because that's me right now, I'll just tell you right now, God's been messing with me all week about this. If that's you and you're with me on that, would you just come and find a place up here? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to lay hands on you unless you want me to, unless you have a need. But just come and join me right now. And we're just going to take a moment and we're going to center ourselves in the presence of God. In a minute, we're going to go eat food and we're going to have fun together. We're going to chat with each other. But right now, we're going to take this moment and we're going to be intentional about it. And we're going to give it to God. So if that's you this morning, come find a place right up here. We're going to join together and pray together, holding each other accountable. God, we want our prayers to be intentional. We want our prayers to be meaningful. We want our prayers to be valuable. God, I want to make sure I have the best prayer life I've ever had with you. In whatever area of my life I need to get better, Lord, would you strut? Would you help me to get better? If I need to spend more time with you, if I need to be more quiet and let you talk, if I need to be more intentional with the words I use, if I need to make sure I don't miss you, that I'm always open to hear your voice, come on, come find a place at this altar. If any of those things relate to you, if you've got an amazing, perfect prayer life, then please stay in your seat and pray for us who don't. But if you're there and you have any of these things that you're like, I know my prayer life can be better. I know I can hear God's, I know I need to hear God's voice more. I know I need to be more intentional. I know my prayer life needs to be better. If that's you this morning, please come and find a place at this altar, either kneel or stand. And we're just going to see God's heart right now. And we're just say, God, have your way. 
As worship, we're going to just pray and just focus our hearts on God and say, Lord, have your way. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him together. showed us something this morning in our prayer time. As I said last night in our midnight oil, the word God had us praying into was the word breakthrough. And this morning as I was praying more into that, the Lord showed me a battlefield. And he showed me the enemy on one side and all the different faces of our culture and all the different faces of the enemy and all the different voices of the enemy. And he showed the armies of the Lord, the heavenly hosts, waging war with them. And the people of God, the children of God, were where we're supposed to be, on the sidelines waiting and praying and praising and letting God fight for us. And at some point in the battle, the heavenly host broke through. And they broke through the enemy's lines. And when they broke through, they formed a wedge and they began pushing the enemy to the left and to the right, opening up a gap in the middle. And then I heard the Lord say so strongly to the church, advance forward advance forward for I have broken through and I want you to advance into the promises and the blessings that I have for you and I want you to reap the prayers that you've been sowing and I want you to reap the blessings I've been preparing and I want you to inherit everything I've promised you and can I tell you this morning you know what the first thing I thought of because I had this I had this message in my heart was Lord don't let me miss that call don't let me miss that call. I can't imagine being a soldier and my commander says move forward and I didn't hear it. That I could have had victory and I didn't go. That I could have had what was promised to me and I didn't go. 
that I could have had what was I've been praying for for years and years and years, but because I missed the voice or because I didn't, it didn't happen the way I thought it would happen, I did missed opportunity. I missed my moment. The gap was open. The breakthrough happened, but I didn't hear the voice of my God saying, forward, go forward, go forward, go forward. So I'm going to ask this one last time. If you need breakthrough in your life, if you need God to move in some area of your life, then maybe your prayer life needs to be effective and intentional. So when the Lord speaks the blessing and when the Lord speaks the answer and the Lord gives the command, you don't miss it. You don't miss it. So one last time, we've got a few minutes left before we leave here. If you need breakthrough, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need direction, if you need wisdom, discernment, whatever you need, it's in Him. Find a place at this altar. If you want, to pray, if you want me to pray with you, come right up to the altar. Come right up to the altar and I'll pray with you. If you just want to be alone with God, stand back in the, front, in, the, in, the, in the front seat by these ladies and Brother Rob, and you can have your moment with God. But if you want me to pray over you, kneel at this altar, and I'll pray over you, or stand at this altar, and I'll pray over you. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you breakthrough is on the way for you if your prayer life is ready to receive it. If your moment is coming, if you are ready to receive it, do not miss the moment. Do not miss that moment. Do not miss that voice. Do not miss that call. Jesus' name.